eating. And now fasting is the opposite of eating. So um, I just feel the end of last year uh, when I was reading and looking for stuff, I found some scriptures or stories in the Bible where I never saw fasting before that is actually in there. And it opened something up for me to understand a bit more about fasting. Um, fasting is not, a, is not a thing somebody can force on you. I can't force you to fast or say this and this and that. But hopefully out of today and next week, I'm going to do next week because there's quite a couple of stuff I found. I hope this will give you a new revelation about fasting. Because I've seen over the years, people, man, they love the Lord, but they struggle to fast. And then they will say, oh, I don't need to. I don't have to. It's not for me. Alright, so hopefully, without me telling you to fast, you would run to fast after these teachings. That this will open something in your heart to have a revelation about fasting. Remember I said a while ago, one of the biggest things that Christians opened up for the world, that the world is doing today, is to hug one another. It comes from the Christian belief. Today everybody's doing it. They don't even realize it came from the Christian belief. The second thing is fasting. Go on your phone and see how many fasting apps are on your phone now. Intermittent fasting and all that thing. Where did they get that idea from? And I've done a teaching before on fasting of how good it is for your body. It's extremely good for your body. I, I fasted this week. And Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Man... I wasn't feeling that well. Why? Because I was busy detoxing. With all the, the roasts and the steaks that we ate over December. I could feel what I ate December in my body on those days. When I was detoxing. I had headaches. Don't stop when you have a headache. Either pray or drink a pill, even though you have got, I think your stomach, just drink a lot of water there. But don't stop when you have headaches. You're going to have headaches if you're detoxing, if you haven't fasted or you haven't done it regularly. But it's so good for your body, for a lot of things. You can go do your own investigation into fasting, go look on the apps, blood pressure, all types of blood pressure. Uh, sugar, diabetes, all that stuff. Fasting helps and cures. Because it's something your body desperately needs to detox. Alright. So when I fast often, I don't detox badly. But like now, I didn't fast for no, most of November and nothing in December, so I felt it. I had lucky headaches. Alright, so... Fasting. I want to touch today on the, the combination of the two, fasting and prayer. You know, I said this, it's still relevant for the church today. 
And it's a, it's a funny question, it's because I've heard a lot of answers over the years that people would tell me about when you, when you talked about these things. If I ask people, do you think fasting and prayer is still relevant? They mostly answer me, yes, prayer is still relevant. And prayer is your lifestyle, and prayer is important, and I love praying. Then I say, but why don't you love fasting? Because the two are together. In a lot of instances. I've only had in one, I can count on one hand how many times people tell me, I see fasting as part of my Christian walk. They will all say prayer. It's funny how they dodge the fasting. They don't, they don't see that as part of their, as their lifestyle. So, what you need to realize is fasting is about food. I'm going to say it again. Fasting is about food. It's not about Facebook. It's not about TV. It's not about internet. Yes, you can control yourself to watch less of those things. And it's good to do that also, but that's not fasting that the Bible is talking about. That's something you do to help yourself. Listen, I'm not going to be on the internet for a while, for a week, and I'm... That's good. You must do that. If, you, if, you, if it's a problem. If it's not a problem, it's not a problem. So it's good when you, when you know you want to stop with social media, but no, it's good. But that's not fasting. Alright, that's a different topic. So you can do that. I don't have a problem with that. Sometimes people need that because they are too, too busy. It's good to, to stop that for a while and get your focus back. It's like let us say people will wake up in the morning. How do they say then? Oh, I overslept. And they post it on Facebook. If you overslept, how do you have time to post it on Facebook? And they say it doesn't make sense. But you get people that post their whole lives. There's nothing, it's good to post stuff. I don't have a problem, I use it too. But you get people that post every little detail of their life on there. Yeah, then if you stay away from Facebook or social media, it's good. But fasting is food. Why is it food? Because the thing that you, your body likes and needs and you love. Who doesn't love nice food? Huh? That's why fasting is about food. Alright, so I said your fasting is not eating. Let's start here. The Oxford Dictionary says the following about fasting. Abstain from all or some kind of food or drink, especially as a religious observance. Britannica, fasting, absence from food or drink or both for health ritualistic, religious, or ethical purposes. Alright? You can read the rest if you want to. But you see the first thing that every time I mention is food. It's about food. If I put a nice plate in front of you, let's say a South African way, a braai, and I've got a nice Molana A-grade ribeye steak, fully matured, with all the extra salads and everything in front of you. You want to tell me you're not going to want to eat that? Fast and put that in front of you and see what you think. If I put that in front of you. It will go directly against everything in your body to want to eat that thing. That's what's fasting. 
So, don't tell me fasting is nah. Test yourself and see if you can do that. Say no to that steak. Then you will know what fasting is. Um, like I said, it's funny. Most people, when you ask about prayer, they would say it's a necessity even for, for a believer to, to pray. They say believers cannot be out of prayer life or um, I love praying. I'm somebody that loves praying. But like I said, when it comes to fasting, they don't even know whether it's in the Bible. If you ask them what it's about, no, it's something you know you don't eat and Jesus did it. They know Jesus did it. But they themselves don't go there. Alright? Yeah, and of course you will lose weight also if you fast. It's an added bonus benefit. Alright? But that's not what it's about. Some people will say, yeah, Jesus never taught on fasting. I've heard this in churches in the years. Yeah, fasting is not important because Jesus never taught on it. Or some churches will say, nowhere in the Bible does it specifically say you must fast. There's no teaching that somebody's student said, listen, you must fast and this is how you must fast. Huh? Churches, I've been to a lot of churches that quotes that one. But it's funny in the Bible also, the first 40 days of Jesus when he was resurrected, it's also not in your Bible, but it is in your whole Bible. Everything after Jesus ascended that he taught the disciples on that 40 days that's not recorded in your Bible is mentioned everywhere after that in your Bible that were never mentioned before. I mean, first thing is Jesus said, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sin and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That was never said before that. Where did they get that idea from? From the 40 days. It was never pre preached before that because it was not a thing. So, fasting, how does that work then? Because there's no in the Bible a, a specific way of telling you in the New Testament how to fast. But it's everywhere. Just like the 40 days teaching, it's everywhere hidden for you to go see if you read your Bible. So I want to today touch on fasting 99.9% out of the New Testament. So that you don't tell me it's an Old Testament thing. I'm going to quote out of the New Testament to show you what does the New Testament say? How did the early church function and think of fasting in, in those days? I'm going to start here with Matthew. This is the easy one that we all know. This is not a new one. Matthew 4, verse 1 to 3. It says, Then was Jesus led up in the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. First of all, who took Jesus? This is now... Jesus was um, baptized in water. He received the Holy Spirit. Immediately, what's the first thing that the Holy Spirit tells him to do after he receives it? Because it says, the Holy Spirit told him to go to the wilderness. So it's not the devil asking him to go there, it's the Holy Spirit. I want you to see, the Spirit led Jesus to the wilderness after he got baptized and when he had fasted 40 days I love what Jesus does he always does something to the extreme when he, when he does it the first time he, he will always do it to the extreme that shows you your body can be without food for 40 days your body is made to be able to sustain 40 days without food 
and was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came, which is the devil, to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to make bread. All right, bread. Why bread? Those that know me will know this by now. When the enemy came for Jesus in the desert, he came to, his, to attack him on his weakest thing that he had. Because he had no sin. So he couldn't come for the sin because Jesus had no sin. What was Jesus' weakest thing at that point in time? He was hungry. He hadn't had food for 40 days. And a nice baked loaf of bread. Man, you can't resist that. So he tempted Jesus with that. All right, his, his weakness that he had at that moment. And we know all the other things. I'm not going to talk about that. Jesus said no. But I want you to understand, the enemy came here after Jesus just got baptized to attack him. To seek something that is weak in. Those of you that have been baptized, know this. After you've been baptized, he's going to come for you. The enemy is going to come and sort out that weakness you have. Yours might be gossip, negativity, uh, bad temper, anger. That thing that caused you to stay in the other kingdom. He's going to come for that thing and see if you want to fall for it again. It's going to be the first point of attack. And I've seen it over the years. People that get baptized and fast immediately after they get baptized, they're stronger to withstand the attack. Because if you withstand that attack, it even happened with Jesus. It says what? The enemy, the devil, walked away. So just know that if you get baptized, if you want to stay strong, to see the enemy when he comes for you after baptism, fast. It will help you tremendously not to bend your knee for that sin again that, you, that caused you to be in sin. Right, it's a very important thing to notice what happened there. And it's still, I've seen it so many times, people get baptized. Within a week or two or three or a month after they get baptized, that old sin comes knocking. And then they don't know what to do. If you fast, you can resist and see the attack easier. Because your focus is better. Here Jesus' weakness was hunger. So yes, think about it. If Jesus did it, I always say Jesus is the blueprint. He will do it first to show you you can do it. He will not ask you anything to do if he hasn't done it. Whether it's baptism, filling of the Spirit, anything, he's done it. Fasting, he was the first one in the New Testament to show you. It's still biblical. You can do it. And he showed you the ultimate. He, he started with 40 days. All right. I'm not saying you have to start with 40 days. But he showed us that. So fasting will basically give you the ability to withstand the enemy's attack. I'm going to say it again. Fasting will give you the ability to withstand the enemy's attack on your life. Because some of us don't even uh, have the right understanding about the enemy. Then it's even worse if he attacks you. Because of your understanding. But if you fast, you will be strong to withstand the attack. That's why a lot of people can't understand why they struggle to go through things. And Have you tried fasting? And remember, fasting is not a, a, a method, a, 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 a thing you use because you want to. For this or that. Fasting is a, it's a relational thing you do. 
Did you get that? Fasting comes out of relationship, not out of must, out of law. It's a relational thing that you do that. But if you do it, man, the enemy will struggle with you. you you're going to be in a place where the enemy can't touch you there. Alright? Next one, I want to start here now. Acts 13 verse 1. Acts 13 verse 1. Now in the church assembly at Antioch, oh, this one is going to have a lot of names, there were prophets, inspired interpreters of the will of purpose of God, and teachers Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Nigger, Lucius, Cyrene, Manion, and members of the court of Herod, the Terak, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and Fasting, so for the work of which I have co- uh, sorry, fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Listen to this, they were fasting, and then what happened? The Holy Spirit spoke, Separate now for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, again, they put their hands on them and sent them away. So then, being sent out by the the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from that port they sailed away to Cyprus. Do you see what took place here? What happened when they fasted? Bam! Here comes the Holy Spirit and He speaks to them. Do you see those guys that were sent or wasn't sent off by Paul and Saul and uh, all those guys? Barnabas and them. They were sent off by whom? The Holy Spirit. Out of what? The fasting and the praying. That brought that in. Next example, out of the same type of thing. Acts 14 verse 23. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed and fasted, to his hand and hand again. They commanded them to the Lord on whom they believed. Huh? How did they decide to choose the elders? By fasting first and praying. Then they laid hands on them. And then with the previous one, the Holy Spirit sends them out. They are equipped to do the work that they need to do for the ministry. What would happen if we today do that? Before we choose elders or people get appointed in a position, evangelists go out, we as a church first fast and pray and see what the Holy Spirit wants us to do and then send them out. I think it will look way different than it is at the moment. What are we doing at the moment? Everybody that says they want to be evangelist or mission work, we send them out. Most of them are still even babies in the spirit and we send them out. They're not even fully equipped yet and we send them out. They're not even half equipped and we send them out and they get hurt out in the field and they cause problems out in the field because they're immature in the spirit. But here, you won't have that problem because why? The Holy Spirit is going to tell you who to choose and when to let them go. Fasting and praying help them in that regard to choose. It's a bit different than what we used to today. 
So before we do anything, a church should actually, and the church is not a building, it's you, should fast and pray to see where to go, who to send out to go. Not just choose somebody that wants to go. That's not the way, but today we do it that way. And it's funny, just, if I tell you, if I tell people these things about fasting, 99.9% of the response they have, whether they say it to my face or they say it behind my back is, "Ah, how can he tell me when to fast? You know? I can't say, I can fast. Who's he now? The Holy Spirit didn't tell me that. I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell me when to fast. Look what Scripture is saying what is happening here. So a lot of guys together here fasting. Not just one person. There's a place for that, of course. That's out of your personal relationship you do that. But as a church, as a body, must I fast for all of you? No, hell no. I will fast for myself. And then I will have different ways of fasting for the church, the way the church functions, because we are a body. Can just one, one, one member of the body fast? If your body is in fasting, trust me, it's not just your stomach that feels it, feels that fasting. Your brain will know it, you're fasting. Your kidneys will know you're fasting. Your liver will know you're fasting. Especially when you start detoxing, they will wake up quickly and tell you you're fasting. That's how the body should function. But it's funny when you ask people to fast, they have issues with it. Because how can you tell me or ask me to fast? Don't know our Bibles. If you're in a relationship, you will follow and be led through the Spirit in a lot of things and as a body function together. So from now on, before you do anything, send somebody out, and we as a church send somebody out, they should be fasting before that and praying, a lot of praying. I know the prayer group, the guys that's in the prayer group, I know they fast sometimes for things and pray. But it shouldn't just be them, they're doing it for the body. But each individual should step into this. If you think in the Old Testament, I'm going to give you one example, I've got one example here. In 2 Chronicles 20, the King Jehovah, how do you pronounce it? There were three armies coming against him to attack. And this King Jehovah, he feared, the Bible said he feared because he knew they're not going to, they're not going to make this attack. What did he do? He called a fast over the whole of Judah. The king asked everybody to fast. In Joel, it even says the husband and wife had to step out of the chamber and fast. They were not allowed to go into the inner chamber. That's how they saw fasting. And what happened with King Joel when that whole army came and this whole thing happened? It says there, the Spirit of the Lord came in the midst of them. And he said, you don't have to go to war. See how the answer came? But how did it get there? The whole of Judah fasted to know how to deal with this war. Yeah, and you can go read the story. I'm not going to go through all of that. It's too much. Just giving you something you can go read for yourself. You want to go read what happened there. 
Matthew 6 verse 6 to 9 says there, But when you pray, go into your most private room or closet, some Bibles say, your binnenkamer in Afrikaans, and closing the door, pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you in the open. And when you pray, do not heap up phrases, multiple words, repeating the same ones over and over, as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their much speaking. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray therefore like this, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is heaven. Here we get shown a prayer, what you can pray. You can pray that daily, that prayer, or in a sense of that prayer, in a way of that prayer. But, did you see what I highlighted here? But, when you pray, not if, if you want to, when you pray, go to your inner room. It says here, what will happen if you pray? You will receive a reward for that prayer. I've seen that in my life so many times. When I go to my inner room and pray, whatever your inner room is, it can be outside on the stoop, it can be in the field, it can be in your bedroom. It's not a specific place. You don't have to be a, have a room that you just, your prayer room, you don't have to do that. But he's saying, he's speaking about a place where you go to seek him. And out of my own life, I can, I can guarantee if you do that, you will see the reward. You will. The first time I saw Jesus face to face was because of that. I was on my face in my room for months seeking Him. And then He came face to face. He will reward you. He will. It doesn't say that for nothing in your Bible. So you see there, He doesn't say if, but when you pray. So what is it showing here? When you do this in the secret place, He will reward you, it says in the public. You would be praying and then one day somebody asks you something, somebody wants to talk to you about something and you start giving them answers and all of a sudden you're answering stuff that you don't know where you got it from. Where do you get that from? Out of that time of prayer, quiet time. Then He rewards you in public. So you would say something, it happens to me a lot. I will answer people, then I will go to Lydia and say, did you hear that? Where did I get that? I've never said that. I've never thought of it that way. It comes out of those places where you, where you sit with the Lord. And it's not a, you don't have to be somebody special. It's if you seek Him, He will come. He will reward you. Alright? Matthew 6, verse 15 and 17. But if you do not forgive, remember we're still in the same thing, eh? We're still in Matthew 6. We just read about praying now. When you pray, you will be rewarded. So we continue in that same scripture. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, their reckless or woeful sins, leaving them, letting them go and giving up resentment, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. And whenever you are fasting, okay, so now he's changing it. Now he's going to the next thing, fasting. 
Do not look gloomy and sour and dreary like the hypocrites, for they put on a dismissal countenance that their fasting may be apparent and seen by men. Truly, I say to you, when, you, uh, when they have their reward in uh, full already, but when you fast, perfume your hand, uh, your head and wash your face. So he's first of all using prayer, saying do this. Because remember the prayer that he gave us there, Father thou in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he said, but there, also fast. He says there, and whenever you are fasting, does it say if? Maybe. If you feel like it. Whenever. I got it here. Different uh, translation. King James says, moreover, when you fast. Listen to the word it's using in the King James. Moreover. So it's not just this thing. It's even more important. More to do. More focused. More because he just mentioned prayer. Before this one. After he mentioned prayer, he says, moreover, fast. The Passion Relation says, when you fast. Okay, not if. Afrikaans, en wanneer jylle fast. Nie as jylle lis is om te fast nie. Of as jy dink jy wil net fast nie. Remember, I'm doing what I said in the beginning. I'm showing you in scripture how they did this. Because a lot of people think it's not scriptural to fast because they don't say it and also what I want you to, to realize if you read that did you, did you realize there was a reward for prayer and he speaks about a reward in fasting also see there's even a double reward in all of this that you can gain and it's not talking about finances rewards it's talking about stuff that you walk in but he's saying moreover even more than anything else, more than worship, more than anything, more over fasting. You can listen to praise and worship music as much as you like, as beautiful as it is, but he's saying more over than that. You can read your Bible as much as you want, as often as you want, but more over than that, fast. Not if you pray, not if you fast, when. And again, we choose prayer always and never fasting. The people always talk about we're going to pray, we're going to pray, but never we're going to fast. Most people, when they give you that answer that I don't have to fast or I've never felt led to fast, why? Why do they say those things? Because they don't want to. They don't want to stop eating food. You can color coat it, highlight it, your reason you don't want to eat, stop eating food. Why? Because it's difficult not to eat. That's why fasting is about food, because it is a difficult thing to do. Some people might be lazy. It's too much effort to do this. Now the Holy Spirit hasn't told me that yet. But it's funny, what does the Bible say here, which the Holy Spirit wrote? When you fast. I want you to see these rewards you get out of fasting and praying, everything you do. I want you to see it will, it will help you when you're outside to maybe hear the Lord's voice better. You will. Because when you come in public, He will reward you 
for being in, the, in, his, in his inner chamber. I've said it to some of you, if I fast, I've always fasted before every camp or weekend away, when we have weekends away in Oatshorn, for other people coming. I've always fasted. There's my wife, she knows. For a week plus, I will fast before going. Why? I want to hear the Lord's voice when I have to help his sheep. Because there's broken people coming to some of those places and those meetings. And I'm telling you, if you fasted, those of you that have done it, man, you hear the voice of the Lord so clearly when you fast. It's so easy. I would normally stand in front of somebody, then I really have to shut myself down, get myself to that place, and ask the Lord to, if there's something that He wants to share to this person. But I've got to get myself quiet. But when you fast, I stand in front of the person and bam, I've the Lord speaking already. Sometimes if I don't fast, it takes me a couple of minutes to hear something that the Lord might be saying for this person. But when I fast, it's like, and the Lord speaking. And you hear it so clearly. And even I want to say this, the longer you fast, the better you hear Him. But He will honor you if you fast today in your beginning and all this stuff. And it's not about going 40 days away. It's just, go, go and have a look at it. I'm not saying it's, it's the law, the longer you fast, but go, go see for yourself. But just fast. If I know I've got to pray for somebody, I'll fast before I do. Most of the time, 99% of the time. Now, let's see if you've seen this one in the Bible. Acts 27, from verse 8, I'm going to read. And hardly passing it came unto a place which is called the Fair Heavens, nigh, uh, nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them. So Paul is saying, this fast is finished. And said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the landing of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those th things which were spoken by Paul. Paul is saying here in basic English, guys, if we continue with this trip on this boat, things are going to be bad. Things are going to happen. But you see there in verse 9, what did it say when Paul said these things? The fast was over. So what do you see in the story? There was a time that Paul was fasting. It doesn't say how long. Paul was fasting, and when he came out of fasting, he said, this boat trip is going to end badly if we do this. Where did he get that message to say that? In his fasting. That's where he got it. He came out of fasting and he said, we need to watch it. Let's continue. Verse 14. But not long after there arose against it a tremendous wind, called, yeah, what's that, Eero Slidon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let it drive or drift in some translations. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should 
have yielded unto me and not have loosed me um, sorry, with a creed, and to have gained this harm and loss. Remember Paul said, we should not go, and the Bible said, they did not listen to him, they listened to the captain of the boat. Alright, they trusted him more, which most of us would have done anyway. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told. And while the day was coming on Paul, we saw them all to take meat. <coughs> to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not and hair fall from your head of any of you. I'm going to explain it again in layman terms. Paul was fasting for I don't know how long. He stood up and said, we should not go on this boat trip. I got this message, this is going to end bad for us. They didn't listen to Paul. They went on the journey. A strong wind came, a cyclone came. And then it says something funny. Paul stood up again while this storm was raging 14 days later. So they've been on the sea for a couple of days in that storm. It must have been hectic being on a ship in a storm. And 14 days later he said, an angel of the Lord appeared to me. And he says, nothing will happen. Not even a hair on your head will get taken. Nothing will happen with us. It's okay. But it says how? The next thing he says to the guys, okay guys, the Lord said it will be good on this trip now. You can eat now. Because why? They were fasting for 14 days. You see Paul fasted twice here? Before the trip and in the trip? Close to one another. He just finished fasting. He went on the trip. He heard the message. This is bad. Immediately, he got people to join him because he didn't do it alone. Did you see there was people with him there? They fasted. 14 days later, he stood up and said, An angel appeared. It's good. The Lord's with us. I mean, if you add all those days up, he was fasting for a couple of days there. But I want you to see, people joined him. He didn't do it on his own. He got guys to join in and help him. So it's not only in the beginning of the trip that he fasted. Even when the storm came, he fasted again, 14 days. And that's why it says, now you can eat. Why? Because he heard from the Lord. It's, the fast is broken. But the question you should ask is, are you prepared to do this? When, when your work is difficult, Things at your workplace, difficult. your business is suffering. Can you call on your brothers and sisters in the, in the body and ask them fast with me? And I would love to see this. If somebody next time have a problem, ask your brothers and sisters that's sitting here, fast with me for this thing, like they did there. Nee, die heren die vir my gesê, ek moet aan jou fast nie. 
Huh? How do we miss these things? Oh, yes. We are a body. We should function together. I'm not saying everybody's got to fast. You know you want to ask to fast with you. Hmm? Will you fast for somebody? For their problem. Not yours, their problem. Maybe. Hmm? We're still going to touch on some of those things. But yeah, I want you to see even an angel will come and visit you if you fast. In the Old Testament, there's some beautiful ones about that. When Daniel, when he fasted, angel came. He struggled a bit. I'm not going to go through that whole story to get to, to Daniel. You know, there was a couple of things happening in the heavenlies to get through. But the angel said, we heard, your, we heard you. And he was fasting and praying there. It took that one, I think, 21 days to break through. It came out of fasting and praying. That's in the Old Testament. But I want you to see, it's still happening in your New Testament. Why? Because Jesus started fasting immediately when, the, when he started ministering. To show you fasting is biblical. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 4 to 6. But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distress, in strives, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watching, and in fasting. You see where it gets fasting added into all these things? I want you to see, when he mentions these things, in strives, imprisonments, all these things, tumults, labors, watching, and fasting. Fasting gets taken into Paul's story, his life story. He's saying, I went through all these things. He's not saying, skip fasting. He says, this is part of my lifestyle that I live. He says, continues here in verse 26. In journeying often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils as he continues, wilderness, among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watching often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and in nakedness. Why did I put this in here? Look here. He's saying in hunger and fasting. Because you get people, unfortunately, says, no, Paul didn't fast. He was, he didn't get any food. They didn't give him food when he was in prison or when he was running. He didn't have any food. But do you see how Paul states it here? Very clearly, it's two totally different things. There was times that I was hunger. Otherwise, he didn't have food for whatever reason. He was running for his life. There was no time to buy food. Or he was in prison. They didn't give him food. He was hungry. Not out of his choice. But he says, but a lot of time out of my choice, I was fasting. See, he makes a clear distinction between the two. When he was fasting, when he was just hunger for whatever reason. Don't confuse the two with one another. Next week I'm going to continue with some of the stories in the Bible that you, I guarantee you don't know where they were fasting. It's so, so many places that stuff happened, there was fasting taking place. But we don't read it that easily if we don't look at it. But here you see, when the Paul fasted here, even angels appear to bring you a message. I've showed you now with Paul's story, Jesus' story, how the church functioned, the early church, that fasting was part of their, I want to say culture, their lifestyle as a believer. They send off people 
in the ministry only after fasting it showed, I showed you that when you fast you will hear the Lord's voice very clear and I've said with Paul here even angels will appear if you fast to bring you the message to show you that your, your call was heard your prayer and your fasting was heard but did you see how the prayer and the fasting walk right next to one another together and it said if you do both of them each one will even give you a reward the father will reward you for that but I've showed you now today that out of the New Testament that fasting was being done without questioning it was being done it was Paul's lifestyle next week I'm going to show you more stuff I'm going to show you one in the Gospels also that you will not know they fasted guarantee you're not going to know that one I didn't know it but it was a lifestyle that Paul had and I want to say to emphasize it even more it was a lifestyle that the early church had they got together and they fasted together for things Is it okay for a brother in Christ in the body to ask you to fast? Yeah, it's biblical. Is it okay for a brother to ask you to fast for their things? Yeah. I mean, the elders to choose, the people fasted to choose that, to send them out. There was fasting. Why? Because every time the Holy Spirit answered. And for us that have fasted for longer periods of time, we've done it often, then we see these things the Bible says actually true it still does happen but how do you know it once you've done it once it becomes a part of your lifestyle and you start doing it I don't always fast for a thing a specific thing sometimes I fast just to seek the Lord that's me one of the most important ones actually but I wanted to show you if there's a war coming in your workplace, you can fast and ask the Lord to help you with that thing. If there's something you need to do, but you don't know how to do it, you can fast. It's not a, a must thing. It's a beautiful thing that when you do that, you see. But go and see what is fasting about how to say no to food and you can do fast differently I'm not going to go into all of that details now but you can just drink water or you can just drink juice whatever you want to drink it's your fasting, your way of doing it but no food if you just want to do water it's more healthy most of the time I do water and milk some juice sometimes sometimes I force myself more water it's your choice how you want to do it, but it must stay liquid. No food. Then you will appreciate food when you eat it. Trust me, you're going to appreciate it the time when you eat food. How nice that piece of lamb or steak tastes that you couldn't eat for three days or two days or a week or 40 days, whatever the case may be. But I want to plant the seed today in you, and hopefully I'm planting it on good soil. Just out of these couple of places I've just read out of the Bible. Do you see, nobody was at the issue. 
Nowhere was it forced, nowhere was it asked. It was done because it was a lifestyle that they lived in, in the early church. They did not, in the Old Testament we know there's a lot of fasting going on in the Old Testament. But yeah, like I said, the church has made this excuse these days to say it's only in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament, you don't have to fast. It's not, doesn't say you need to fast. But now I've showed you. Yes, it doesn't say you must fast. Why? Because it was seen as normal. You don't speak about it. This is good, I'm telling you today. Milan, you're not allowed to drive in your car anymore. But I mean, I'm not going to say that he knows he can drive. I know it's a stupid ex- example, but that's how it's seen if you read your Bible, how we think today, stupidly about these things. It's healthy to fast, very healthy. When I fast for longer periods of time, a week or so, I can feel it in my body. It's good. It's a good feeling. And that's got nothing to do with losing weight or anything like that. I know there's some of you that are sitting here that's never fasted, maybe. Some of you are still babies in Christ, new, young. That's okay. You've got lots of time. Some of you have walked with Christ a long time and you haven't fasted. You need to fast. It's not, oh, I don't have to. No, it's part of your walk as a believer is to fast. Nobody do you read that they say, no, these guys said, no, no, they don't feel like fasting now. Yeah, there was probably guys that didn't want to do it when they asked. But the believers did it. There was people with Paul. So, next week, I'm going to touch on some other stories in, your, in the New Testament to show you where fasting was done and for what reason it was done. But you will start seeing there's a lot of things that you can use fasting for as a tool out of relationship, not out of law. Must. It's a relational thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a holy thing. You know what fast does? If you are on day three fasting and you get hungry or you get detoxed like I do, did this week, what does fasting do that moment that thing hits you? It forces you to depend on Jesus. Not on food. Or in other words, something else. It takes all your focus of this thing and you know all this that I'm feeling now is because I'm fasting for Him. And it brings you to Him immediately. Trust me, when you're fasting and you get to that place, you don't think of all the steaks and the, and the burgers and the pizzas because that's going to make you feel worse. You go to Him and then those things go away. That will disappear. And you, it will always push you and take you to Jesus when you fast, to the person of Jesus. Even if whatever the problem is here. If you have a problem in the workplace, don't focus on the people in there. It will force you to go to Him to get the answer there, how to deal with this thing. That's the beauty of fasting. It will always take you to Jesus. Nothing else. Not a, a set of rules and things, how you must do it. It will take you to the person of Jesus. And there. All right. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe to our channel and make sure to click the bell notification button to get any notifications when we upload a new video. Stay blessed.